You're listening to Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX, Cave Creek, Phoenix, a division of Premier Radio Stations. From the KFNX Weatherbug Weather Center for tonight, there's a 5 and 10 chance for showers and thunderstorms. It'll be mostly cloudy. Hollow 58 as winds gust to 20 miles an hour. There's a chance of a shower. We could have a thunderstorm on Thursday. It'll be partly sunny with a high of 69 that winds to 25 miles an hour. We'll have sunshine Friday with a high of 77. I'm Rod Tanner from the KFNX Weatherbug Weather Center. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 78 degrees. Next news in 30 minutes or when it breaks. Here on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington? Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com. This is Patrick Henningsen Live, brought to you by 21stCenturyWire.com. And now, breaking down the news in ways no one else will, here's Patrick. All right, yeah, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Patrick Henningsen Live. I'm broadcasting to you on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX, and over the AM frequencies here throughout greater Phoenix, Central Arizona, and globally at 1100KFNX.com. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. It's great to be with you this evening. And this hour of overdrive is brought to you by 21stCenturyWire.com and 21Wire.tv. Go there for all your news, views, and analysis. And a big shout-out to everybody over at AlternateCurrentRadio.com. I know there's uh, some people will be listening on Spreaker app, TuneIn app, and some of the online apps. Hello, everybody. Uh, in all the various chat rooms out there in cyber world. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, to our show on Sunday, it was just, uh, amazing. I had a great, uh, double interview. That, uh, Sunday Wire episode's up at 21stCenturyWire.com right now. And, uh, what's in the news today? I've got a great guest tonight before we introduce him, uh, in a few minutes. Uh, just want to go through some big stories. Uh, you know, we had this. We started the week with the Russian hearings on the House, and uh, that was um, well. I I woke up very early to start watching that, and it was very interesting. And uh, I came away with, from that experience feeling very embarrassed uh, for my Congress, especially Hollywood's uh, Congressman Adam Schiff uh, from Burbank, who was leading the charge. Uh, but I say leading the charge like Don Quixote was leading the charge for all those years in Andalusia chasing windmills. Uh, on his horse like a madman uh that's the only way i can describe what i saw there that was embarrassing uh talk about a witch hunt but even a witch hunt would be too generous um, this was one of the worst probably uses of taxpayer money you can possibly imagine and uh, i don't think they'll come up with anything new by the end of it but it's a great opportunity for everybody to have a bash at russia uh apparently and somehow try to damage the brand of the donald uh, our new president in Washington, D.C. We'll see how that peters out into nothingness, uh, which it very most likely will. London was hit from a terrorist attack, uh, we're told anyway, uh, this morning or this afternoon over in uh, London. And this became immediately a major media event. Uh, if you're watching any of the television coverage uh, over the last 24 hours, it's everywhere. 
and lots of speculation about is this uh, a terrorist attack that's being treated as such by the Metropolitan Police in London. And uh, I would just point everybody out to the uh, fact that we've been covering uh, U.S. massive U.S. deployment of troops inside Syria. Okay, notice how that was. It's been more or less black out of U.S. media coverage for the last week, and voila, we have this terrorist attack in London, and pretty soon, if, if they say this is an ISIS-inspired attack, it will be used to sort of uh, get the drum war drums beating a little bit harder uh, for the U.S., U.K., French uh, joint coalition with Turkey and just about anybody else you can imagine to retake Raqqa. That's scheduled for April. I know you didn't hear about this, uh, on Fox or CNN, but that's exactly uh, what is being planned at the Department of Defense. If you've been actually watching the foreign news, not the U.S. news, it's funny how we have to go to foreign news sources to find out what our military is doing around the world uh, in the name of uh, the great uh, stars and stripes. Listen, this is important stuff, and you know we we want to talk more about this and other issues. Now, instead, we going to get to our guest uh we've got a special guest uh hopefully on the line uh and we're hopefully be joined uh if we get get a nod from my producer good yeah uh we're going to be joined by the legendary software security innovator his name is john mcafee he's the founder of mcafee associates and he is the ceo of mgt capital investments and uh hopefully this evening we're going to be discussing trump russia and uh, government cybersecurity, cyber warfare, WikiLeaks Vault 7, and other issues uh, related. And hopefully you have them on the line. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not sure why I'm here. I think, you know, is this a show where we're talking about how to distinguish between Bangkok lady girls and legitimate women? Because I'm scheduled for that tonight sometime. Oh my gosh, you might be on, you might be on the wrong show, John. <laughs> but <laughs> oh damn! All right, well, that's another well, network. What is your show about? I'm, I might be able to help you anyway. That's another network, actually. Uh, but it, it's a slight twist on the dial, and you get into a whole other uh, area of lifestyle um, procli- proclivities. Um, but <laughs> and uh, I'd love to see that segment. When you do get do that segment, please let let me let us know about it because that was sound interesting. Well, Actually, I, I, I did it last night on Caravan to Midnight with Sean B. Wells, so <laughs> you can read it. Anyway, right, I'll check uh, that out. How, how can I help you, sir? Well, uh, so there's there's quite a bit um, going on, John, uh, in your area of expertise, uh, and we wanted to talk about some of those issues. I know you've been really campaigning uh, for, I, I don't know what to call it, John, but, you know, sanity in this conversation about cybersecurity, cyber warfare. <laughs> And uh, and right now we have this thing going on in Washington on Capitol Hill where uh, talk of Russian hacking uh, and WikiLeaks and so forth. And uh, it just seems to me, I don't wanted to get your opinion, you know, how knowledgeable are people in Washington, do you think, about cybersecurity, about issues of cyber, cyber warfare? Because they talk about it. You hear a lot of journalists and politicians talking about it, but how much do they really know? Because it seems, after watching the House hearings on Monday, that they don't know a whole lot. Well, uh, if we're talking about the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, they know a great deal. However, they use the general lack of knowledge in the overall populace of cybersecurity to make to make utterly bizarre points. 
Well, let me give you an example. Comey testified that, yes, it indeed was the Russians uh, that hacked the DNC and Yahoo. Uh, let, let me explain how, how, how state hackers work. Now, Comey even said, well, you know, they were so sloppy that they almost wanted to get caught. Please, give me a break. We're talking about the Russian secret service trying to hack an election. And they want to get caught, please. Uh, first of all, that doesn't wash. Uh, for the software that was using using was a year and a half old. Um, was written by APT twenty eight, one of the threat groups that have been identified by some some outfit or other. Um, it was a year and a half old. It had been updated multiple times. Now, if the Russian state hacking group were to do a real hack. Surely they would want to use the program with no bugs in it, right? Mm. Secondly, there were traces of the Russian language in there. There was the compile time, which matched Moscow business hours. A whole bunch of other things. Now, what if you work for the CIA? And, um, you know, you you use an old program. So why don't you use that old program? I don't know. I didn't want to bother to update it. Why did you leave the English language in there? You know, my wife was sick and I had to go from lunch and forgot. And the compile and all these other things. What would happen? You'd be scheduled for suicide if you worked for the CIA. So do you think the Russians are any stupider than the CIA? <laughs> of course not. So Comey is saying that, yeah, it obviously was really a sloppy hack. Um... And, it, and they, they left everything in as if they wanted to get caught. Now, here's what actually happened. That program has been on the dark web for a year and a half. A hundred thousand people have it. Fifteen-year-old kids have it. This looks like a fifteen-year-old kid hack, okay? Uh, using Only because he used a year, uh, the version of the software, which is a year and a half old. By the time you're 21 or 22 as a hacker, you realize you want the best stuff available if you're going to hack somebody. So, if anything, it was some young kid got a copy of the program for $100. You can buy it on, on the dark web for $100. Um, and was was challenged by a friend, I bet you can hack the DNC. And he said, watch me. But please, it could not have been the Russian state uh, uh, intelligence services. Really, if, if we believe that Russia is that stupid then we have nothing to fear from them because they're, they're, they will not get anywhere. But yet they are not stupid, and their hacking capabilities are equal to, if not greater, than ours. So Comey is doing some bizarre psychological twist to this by going, well, yeah, you know, it, it sure didn't look like the Russians said hackers. However, uh, we know it was, and they're, they're just trying to get caught. Please, give me a break. We are American citizens. We are not stupid. No, no, no citizen of any state is that stupid. And yet, people are buying it. Well, the media's buying it. I mean, you and I, if you just think about it, you go, uh, okay, so Russia hacked the DNC, and they made it sloppy to look at them so that we could blame them? <laughs> Come on, it makes no sense to me, my friend.
Yeah, well, there, there's a lot of things that, that really don't make any sense uh, in the political sphere in what we call official Washington uh, this week, and that's that's one of them. But uh, we're going to take uh, a short commercial break in a minute. But after the break, John, uh, I want to get into, by the way, I want to talk to you more about this Yahoo hack because we just got some information about that. But also we want to talk about uh the post-Snowden world, you know, what life is like in America with the no expectation of privacy. What what does that mean to society? What does that mean to the individual? What does that mean to our culture? Uh, I want to talk about you that and, and, and a you couple bet. of other things after the break. But uh, I'm here with uh, software developer and uh, legend and also who ran for president for the Libertarian Party in 2016, among other things. Recently, I'm here with John McAfee, and we are talking about the Russian hack. We're talking about Vault 7 at WikiLeaks, and we're going to be talking about a lot more uh, after these messages. And uh, we'll be right back uh, after these after this break. This is 1100 KFNX Independent Talk. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. Stick around. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, call 1-800-499-3200. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals guide. That's 1-800-499-3200. That's 1-800-499-3200. Where will you be when the dust settles? How do you feel, sir? Dust storms are a year-round threat in Arizona. If you get caught in a dust storm, pull completely off the roadway. Turn your lights off, set your parking brake, keep your seatbelt on, and wait it out. It won't be long. Where will you be when the dust settles? That's up to you. Do the smart thing. Do the safe thing. Pull aside. Stay alive. Visit az511.gov for road conditions before leaving your house. Sponsored by ADOT in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Patrick Henningsen live on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX. I'm here with a very special guest, John McAfee. And, uh, John, before the break, uh, we were talking about uh, the Yahoo uh, hack. There was a big press conference in Washington. They they indicted uh, unnamed Russian officials or without any evidence, but I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, that Russia somehow hacked Yahoo. And, you know, John, I was looking at the newswire from in the fall, and I saw that in October, uh, Yahoo admitted that they gave access to the NSA and the FBI to potentially 500 million accounts, allowed them to scan them, and uh, the CEO... Marissa Meyer, uh, a young CEO, she, I guess, was, you know, allowed to leave the, the company around that time, given a $50 million parachute. But, you know, my question is that that's you've got this accusations of Russia hacking Yahoo. And then we see this in the headlines five months ago. And, you know, how much 
is there pressure on these Silicon Valley companies to comply with the big agencies like the NSA, powerful federal agencies? You know, what's I know that this is an area that you might know something about from your business experience. What are the pressures like there? Extreme. I mean, uh, uh, think of the power that the NSA and the CIA and the FBI have. Um, they can cause indefinite audits. They can, I mean, seriously, uh, uh, this is how this world works. Now, if, uh, you say again, the, the people are saying the Russians had Yahoo to get everybody's passwords. You know why passwords are hacked? Because on the dark web, you can buy 100,000 random passwords for emails for $1,500. If they wanted them, they would just pay $1,500. Um, there's very little value to bulked email passwords. If they want a password from, say, Donald Trump, Donald Trump's running an old Android system. They're going to plant a keylogger on his phone. It's, you can do it remotely with any number of devices, including a Stingray. Um, and, and they'll have everything, not just his Yahoo passwords. They'll have his bank passwords. <laughs> if he has bitcoins, he'll have those. So, uh, again, uh, clearly the Yahoo hack was done by an organized hacking group that had money in mind. I, I don't think the Russian state needs that much money that they're going to get, you know, $100 million from hacking Yahoo. That makes no sense to me. Um, but the, 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 there are really three classes of hackers in the world. All of them are very dangerous. One, state-sponsored hackers. That's the CIA, NSA, the FBI, uh, the Russian um, uh, secret agencies, and the covert agencies within China and other countries. Um, these hackers tend to be extraordinarily sophisticated because they have huge sums of money given to them by the state. There's a second class. These are the criminal hacking collectors, and some of them number thousands of people. Uh, there are Russian criminal organizations. And by the way, if a Russian criminal organization does a hack, you can't say the Russians did it, any more than if the mob robs a bank to say America did it. I mean, yeah, that's ridiculous. So these hacking groups tend to be as sophisticated as nation-state hackers. Why? I mean, here's an example. The group responsible for 90% of all ransomware collected over $2 billion last year. Wow. Much of it from, much of it from Japan because the Japanese, oddly, always pay. <laughs> um, and so... These groups are in it to make money, pure and simple. Uh, if you get five five hundred million passwords, well, good lord, uh, that's worth two hundred million dollars. Um, so yes, they would want Yahoo's passwords, and and I promise you, everybody has Google passwords too. Google hasn't copped to it yet. Nothing is unhackable. Um, and when the NSA or the FBI or the CIA walks off with uh, Yahoo's accounts because Yahoo just gave it to them out of fear, do you think that that's unhackable? Good Lord, there are no secrets in this world as far as hackers are concerned. Good God, the CIA just lost the entire source code. 
$100 billion worth of weaponized software from the CIA and gave it to WikiLeaks. So you, you can't keep these things secret. Um, and, and to determine the source of any hack is virtually impossible because hiding your tracks is simple and making it look like someone else is even simpler. So this whole thing is a political... Uh, motivated uh, series of, 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 of idiocies. Um, a far more important, however, is, as you mentioned, privacy. You wanted to talk about that. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Well, I, I think that very few people have ever looked at themselves closely enough to realize that hundreds of times a day you exercise discreet privacy filters for every individual in your life. When you buy groceries at the at the at the store and the checkout clerk is someone you don't know, you don't tell them the details of your life. You have very stringent rules. The price of potatoes, the weather, that's it. With a casual acquaintance you might it divulge more. With a good friend, even more. With your spouse, you might divulge everything. Unless you're sleeping with your your spouse's sister or, or, or brother. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> if you think about it, every single relationship you have, every man, woman, and child, every entity, your boss, your company, the IRS, okay, you have different privacy rules. How many people have neglected to, to uh, you know, uh, to account for some income for the IRS? How many people have not called their boss at least once to say, I'm sick today, and you really played golf, or just stayed home and drank beer and watched TV? Um, please, if this, odd, this, this suggestion that if we have nothing to hide, we have nothing to fear, is the most naive concept of privacy ever considered. The concept of privacy, which means secrets, the concept came about through 50,000 years of human evolution. Because without secrecy and privacy, we would have chaos in the streets. We are judgmental people. We are fearful people. We're jealous. Um, and so there would be riots, beginning with a, sp a rash of spousal shootings. So please, don't buy it when they say if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. What to hide from whom would be the question? Well, that's from the government. From the government, we need to hide everything, and the government should be the one that that is completely transparent to us. The government should be forced to tell us every single thing that they do. No, it's the reverse. They tell us nothing, but we're spied on. That's yeah. just my two cents. No, no, that's it. it, it. This is what people, I, I think, don't really think about in terms of uh, technology. You know, as technology moves ahead, as the convenience of all these devices we have, these computers and practically every single electronic device is, is a mini computer now. And the, people don't think about the ramifications of that in terms of how, how we see ourselves as, as people in a society. This, this doesn't come into the conversation. I think it will, John, uh, it, it, very soon, but it just, it hasn't really, I don't think the penny is fully dropped yet. And maybe it's going to take a, a, to marinate another generation of people in electronic, uh, devices 
and surveillance to, to, to for people to really understand it, or maybe by that time they'll be so used to we it. Don't, we don't. We don't have. We don't have a generation to spare, my friend. Mm. We're living in 1984 right now. The only difference is we don't have to wear gray, and we apparently can roam freely. Um, but I promise you, when someone figures out how to put all the data together, they will be the dictator of the world. Because what what is the the single greatest quest of all dictators? It's not absolute power. It's absolute knowledge of the populace. Mm-hmm. Because once you know where everybody is, what they're thinking, what they're saying, who they're talking to, you own them now. That's right. But we don't have a generation, my friend. Please don't say that. Make, make it some, make it more urgent. I'm 72, um, and and I see tragedy ahead. I see horror for my children and grandchildren, and everybody's children and grandchildren that are listening to this program. Please wake up and see where we are. Do you want to leave this world to your children? I don't. No, no, absolutely. That's a good point. You know, the, the, when when power is taken by the state, uh, they rarely give it back to the people. And I think you look back, look past through history, accumulation of power, it goes one way, and it's very difficult to uh, to change the direction of that flow, unless, of course, uh, there's some sort of civil upheaval or people are demanding a uh, complete replacement of the power structure. That, that very much could happen within our lifetime at the rate that it's going right now. But uh, the other the other yeah, thing I want to... Go ahead, John. No, go ahead. I actually thought, I was surprised when uh, one minute before I went on show, your producer called. I thought it was next week, so... Um, uh, meanwhile, my, my my wife is laying seductively in bed, okay. um, so uh, I can give you five more minutes. How's that? Okay. Well, can you stay with us after this break. We're going to a commercial break. Absolutely. Hold that thought. Yeah. We'll be right. right back with John McAfee. We're here at Independent Talk, eleven hundred KFNX. I'm Patrick Henningsen. Stick around. We'll be right back. Laura Ingram mornings, Michael Savage afternoons, Lars Larson nights on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. CNN is reporting that House GOP leaders have emerged from a late-night meeting on Capitol Hill without securing enough votes to pass the president's bill to replace the Affordable Care Act. Someone Savati outlines the problem. Much of the discussion seems to be revolving around Obamacare's essential health benefits. Now, potentially eliminating that, making changes to that, could potentially win over uh, House Freedom Caucus members. Meanwhile, conservative billionaire activists, the Koch brothers, were attempting to sink the bill by pledging millions of dollars of support for 2018 re-election for any legislator opposing the bill. The investigation continues into the terror attack London and went in London Wednesday that left five people dead. Close reward reports. We've heard recently from Scotland Yard. They are saying that they do believe they know the identity of the attacker, but at this stage they are not releasing it. The only thing that they have said is that they do think this was related to Islamist terror. I'm Elliot Francis. From the KFNX Weather Bug Weather Center for tonight, there's a 5 to 10 chance for showers and thunderstorms. It'll be mostly cloudy. Hollow 58 as winds gust to 20 miles an hour. There's a chance of a shower. We could have a thunderstorm on Thursday. It'll be partly sunny with a high of 69 that winds to 25 miles an hour. We'll have sunshine Friday with a high of 77. I'm Rod Tanner from the KFNX Weather Bug Weather Center. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 78 degrees. 
next news in 30 minutes or when it breaks. Here on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Where will you be when the dust settles? How do you feel, sir? Dust storms are a year-round threat in Arizona. If you get caught in a dust storm, pull completely off the roadway. Turn your lights off, set your parking brake, keep your seatbelt on, and wait it out. It won't be long. Where will you be when the dust settles? That's up to you. Do the smart thing. Do the safe thing. Pull aside. Stay alive. Visit az511.gov for road conditions before leaving your house. Sponsored by ADOT in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, call 1-800-499-3200. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes, and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals guide. That's 1-800-499-3200. That's 1-800-499-3200. Together, we can turn a stairwell into an ER at a moment's notice. Together, we can turn a rescue ship for refugees into a maternity ward. Together, we can vaccinate 710,000 people in just 11 days. Together, we are Doctors Without Borders. Doctors Without Borders goes where others don't to provide life-saving medical care. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. Right, welcome back, welcome back. This is your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're here on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. I'm here with the founder of McAfee Associates and the inventor of McAfee Antivirus, John McAfee. And, uh, John, you know, what really struck me uh, about the NSA, uh, the, the Snowden revelations and X-Key score, and also Vault 7, is that there's so much information that is being sucked up by this these entities that there's there's actually no need for even a warrant anymore because someone somewhere is holding or looking at every single piece of communication data if they so want to and so every you know you hear every second word out of the media's mouth these days is like oh you know hitler and how hitler did away with warrants in the 1930s but the reality is technology in the hands of the state there's no need even for a warrant anymore the state has already determined that it must collect it must take everything under the auspices now i guess of national security national security you bet so so are we at a point john where laws or regulations that well they they're clearly not keeping up with technology but you know this is a fundamental uh transformation right in front of our eyes and i i don't think with it there's no there's no coordination going on right now between these tectonic plates that are passing each other right now what are your thoughts on this? I don't think it's a matter of coordination. I think it's a matter of corruption and power. I mean, power does corrupt people, I promise you. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. There is no greater power than that held in a secret society. What is the CIA? It's a secret society. 
the NSA, the FBI. All of these are secret societies. They answer to no one. No one. And they can say, we can't tell you because it's national security. Um, you know, we, we all know that all of the covert agencies have people removed that they feel are troublesome. This, this is an absolute fact. This is known. Um, what we need is to completely decapitate all of our covert agencies and start from the ground up with, with America. And what is America? It's us, the citizens, isn't it? It's not our government. Our government is there to serve. We, the citizens, have to be considered first, not last, first. And, and to say that, well, we can't tell the American citizens what we're doing, well, we need to know this because uh, one, of, one of our American citizens may be a terrorist, you know? That means that our government has turned inward and become paranoid. When a government begins to fear its own citizenry, then collapse soon follows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a new president. I, you know, I, you like him or not, he seems to be outside the box. Maybe he can do something. If not, vote. For heaven's sake, vote. <laughs> Americans, vote you like the Americans. Um, and kick these bastards out the ones that control and can do something. You know, we, we, we blindly hear promises from politicians. Well, have you ever known a president to keep all of his promises, or even most of them? No. No politician does. You know, we, we need to go back to... I, I wish we had a thousand Abraham Lincolns. I do. Or George Washingtons, who had to be pushed, kicking and screaming into the office of president. Mm. That's what we need. Not someone looking for power. For someone going, oh, God, do I have to do it? Yes, you have to do it because you love America and you will do the best for its citizens. And Washington did. Lincoln did the best that he could. But we've gone way past that. Now, politics and presidencies have nothing to do with serving. The idea of service as a president is an anomaly. No, it is the seat of power. That has to stop. That has to stop, my friend. And unfortunately, I have to leave you now. No, I, we really appreciate your time, uh, John, and, uh, you know, good luck, and hopefully uh, some of these, uh, we'll see some positive uh, moves on some of these fronts, hopefully in the coming months and years. Uh, it has to happen, like you said, it has to happen now in this generation, but we really it appreciate does. your time, John. Because if we, can, if we can't do it, our children can't, I promise you. Yeah, we'll be too too far gone by that point. So yes. now is the so time. Do something now. I don't care if it's carry a sign naked in the streets, which, by the way, is the best advertising It'll get on every newspaper in the world. Uh, but do something for heaven's sake. But, Roll down your window and say, I'm mad as hell. I'm not taking it anymore. Uh, talk to your neighbors. Become active. If we don't, our children are lost. End of story. And thank you again for having me on. No, thank you. John McAfee, ladies and gentlemen, there he goes. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this issue uh, at length uh, on, on the previous show as well, 
uh, when we spoke to political consultant Daniel Faraci. And uh, what was what was interesting about the, uh, the the CIA when you look at the WikiLeaks revelations in Vault Seven, the CIA had structured its declassification uh, regime, or you know, because the all the malware, all of the arsenal of hacking capabilities and software um, was left unclassified. And the reason that was, was because agents who were using all this software had to use this, they had to run the programs over the internet. And if they put classified uh, information or software on the open internet to run it, that would be in violation of uh, the classification uh, regulations for that federal agency. So, in other words, it was left open to be pirated, and uh, it's very easy to obtain. Much of it is sitting on uh, various shops, like John McAfee spoke of uh, earlier on the dark web or bait shop, and some of these places. And it's all out there, basically. And so, some people would say this is the biggest own goal uh, in intelligence history. But you know, they did this to evade, basically evade the law. But in doing so. They unleashed an absolute nightmare of, uh, of, of a epidemic, I guess. There's just so much of this stuff out there. So this is just another case of, you know, why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? It's just, what, to keep us safe? Or is there uh, another reason? And I think the reason, you know, when you look at the big dragnet programs uh, from the NSA and the CIA, and I look at the entire U.S. population, and it's not about security. It's you know to know everything about every single person. How how can that how can that be national security? Of course, if if it is, then you've admitted implicitly that the government is uh, supremely paranoid and afraid of its own citizens. And if that's true, uh, then the system is dysfunctional completely, and you know kind of nullifies itself on its face. But the other thing is, it's not about security. It's about collecting data which has become an industry in itself data which can be saved on the cloud which can be saved everywhere is become a commodity data is like the fuel that drives this machine the nsa with all its analytical programs and uh, uh, tools and where they analyze the data and for, by analyzing the data the technocrat is then able to make evaluations on strategy and policy but they can't do any of that now without data. So where do they get that data? Well, take a look in the mirror. That's where they get that data. And that itself is the game, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about security. It's just about collecting that oil, that digital oil, the binary oil, zeros and ones of data. That is the game. And that's what dragnetting the population is now about. It's lost all meaning. Even in the surveillance world, they've lost the plot. Now it's just a self-perpetuating blob of data collection. And they'll just keep storing it and storing it and storing it. And they will they have a thread designed for everybody. You're, you've got a thread and it's got your name on it. This was explained to me by uh, an ex-NSA employee. And he said all they have to do is identify which thread is associated with your name and they pull that thread up and on that thread every single piece of information uh telecommunications anything that they can attach to you it's there until the end of time what business does the government have having anything like that in on their servers 
in Utah or wherever wherever the server yard is or offshore or or they're outsourcing it to GCHQ in uh, Cheltenham, whatever. You know, what business does the government have with all that information? Why do they need it? Why would they want it? These are questions that we really need to ask ourselves and get serious about because these are important questions. And as my last guest, John McAfee, explained so eloquently, uh, not just for us, but for our children and or for our grandchildren. This is absolutely important. And so what do we have now? Uh, we have a political establishment that is basically labeled the whistleblowers as the criminals. So there are people uh, on on Washington's Capitol Hill that uh, are deeming Edward Snowden a criminal. Okay, uh, Julian Assange uh, a criminal. They even said Julian Assange is guilty of treason. And I'm thinking to myself, he's Australian. So when I hear that coming from John McCain or Lindsey Graham or any of these usual suspects, um, all, everyone is an endless line of people in Washington wanting to look tough on just about anything that they can possibly look tough on because it's really trendy to look tough now in Washington. How is Julian Assange guilty of treason? How can he be a treasonous person if he's not an American citizen? What's treason? What is he Australian? Is he against Australian government? How is Julian Assange guilty of treason? I've heard this so many times. But then are they just repeating what they heard from the last guy? Like a parrot. And I often wonder, you know, is this, are they, are there, are there polit- political guys, hacks, charlatans that are that stupid and thick that all they can do is just listen to what the last person said? Julian Assange is treasonous criminal. Okay. He's Australian. He's not American. What is he? He's a publisher. What is WikiLeaks? It's a publishing outlet. It's not a whole lot different than a newspaper or a website. It just so happens it's getting a lot of uh, confidential, some of it leaked, some of it probably hacked. But all they're doing is receiving it and putting it out. And they're doing it in the public interest. I have no doubt about that. They have an almost perfect record, or I would say maybe some would say a perfect record, 10 years of publishing accurate information at least accurate from the source. You might argue whether some of it is limited hangout material, but that's up to you. But it came from the source, government agency, corporation, what have you. So we look at that. We look at uh, Bradley, Chelsea Manning, uh, languishing in the prison, federal prison, whose sentence has been commuted by Obama. So effectively he's been pardoned. And, uh, you know, what did Manning do? Well, he's a whistleblower. Was he in violation of his uh, job? I'm sure he violated his classification status, I guess. And he leaked this stuff to WikiLeaks. But guess what? With WikiLeaks, Snowden, Manning, Vault 7, all of it, okay? As an American citizen, what you have to ask yourself is, what what Bradley Manning did, He'll, he, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he was going to pay the price for it. I'm sure he was aware of the risks. Same with Ed Snowden. Okay, Julian Assange, he is a publisher. He's going to do what he's going to do. Okay, What you have to ask yourself as an American is, is this information correct? Is it accurate? Is it real? And is it in the public interest? In other words, are you better off knowing what you've read Knowing the video that you've seen, 
be it from Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever? Are you better off with that information? Does that make you a more informed citizen? That's the actual important question that you need to ask yourself as a citizen. And at the end of the day, we need to start thinking, rethinking uh, this idea. Uh, the last president, Barack Obama, declared war on whistleblowers. You know, I think probably indicted and sentenced more whistleblowers across the military, across CIA, NSA. A lot of people, lives were ruined uh, more than any other president probably in modern history, if you add it all up. General James Cartwright, Marine General, decorated. He, he talked to New York Times about Stuxnet. This is after it had already been known about. And what did he do? He was uh, prosecuted for that by the last president. What was Stuxnet? A very dangerous operation that could have caused a nuclear reactor to melt down, potentially, some, some major nuclear incident in Iran. That was a joint U.S.-Israeli operation. Operation Olympic Games, it was called. So Cartwright spoke to the New York Times about that. And why, why did he do that? And that's a question that's hardly asked or pondered on by the, uh, the sages and oracles at Fox News or, or CNN. Why did Cartwright do that? Obviously, he did that because he realized this was something that was important that the public must know about. Because that man swore an oath to defend and protect the United States Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. So if he felt that this was somehow a threat to the Constitution, some kind of an illegal operation, which there are many, carried out and executed by the federal government, by the U.S. military, hence there are many whistleblowers, many leakers from the Pentagon, from the DOD, from the various agencies, the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, as we can see in the last couple of weeks. Why do these people do it? Why do they do it? And are we glad? Are you happy that they did that? Or would you rather they had not done that? See, that's the question that never gets asked. That's the, that's the, the $10 million question, the billion-dollar question. Why did they do it? And would you rather have that information kept secret? And I would like to see any of these armchair pundits and uh, any of these uh, so-called experts, which there's an endless parade of them on the broadcast networks, how come they never have a really honest, candid debate about that? Instead, they're either defending the government line, whether that's the Obama line or soon to be the Trump line, or they're defending the CIA or the FBI. How dare you question these men and women of the CIA who put their lives at risk every day and etc. Some some CIA agents put their lives at risk out in the field. But I don't think we're talking about those ones. Uh, I think they're talking about the ones uh, in the bureaucracy in Washington or Langley, Virginia. Those are the ones that we are concerned about. Or maybe the one of the 5,000 registered users on the, in the CIA's hacking program that we learned about from WikiLeaks Vault 7 release. So, you know, are they risking their lives in a, in a cubicle somewhere in uh, Virginia or Provo, Utah, or wherever they are? Uh, 
arguably they're not. And yet th- this is what the American people have a beef about. That's what their concern is. So let's, let's uh, enough of the fake talking points uh, about holier-than-thou federal agencies and uh, how they're above the law and they should be allowed to be above the law because, after all, we're at war. And uh, it's about national security. I, I heard an FBI director actually say that in a television debate uh, live on CNN with John McAfee uh, before Christmas, I think. He was saying, we're at war. You know, we, we need to do these things. And I'm thinking to myself, well, at war with who? You know, you have to tap every single person's phone. You have to hoover up every single email, every single Facebook post, every single tweet, every single, who knows, hack their television. It's serious. You don't have to be uh, physically in the room to do it. So th- th- this is this is the world we're living in. Uh, and there's a lot of important issues uh, that we need to come to grips with. And uh, you know, hopefully that will happen. There's another interesting thing that came out of this Russian hack. And, uh, you know, I'm going to hammer this point home, okay? The whole intelligence assessment uh, of the what I would call the conspiracy theory that Russia somehow hacked the U.S. elections, okay? And it is a conspiracy theory because in the absence of any fact or evidence... Uh, is just a theory, and it's a conspiracy theory. So this is the official Washington conspiracy theory. And it all it was all hinged on one private company, which the FBI had hired to do uh, you know, IT assessments, Internet cybersecurity assessments. They're called CrowdStrike, okay? Everything relied on CrowdStrike. Who is CrowdStrike? A private company. The whole report, the National Intelligence assessment i guess and uh probably this is probably the fbi's contribution i would imagine because they hired this firm this private cybersecurity firm so we just find out yesterday now listen to this and i bet you didn't hear this on cnn cybersecurity firm uh, at the center of the rushing hacking charges misread data that's a bit generous this is from the believe it or not from voice of america so this is about as pro-government as you get so if they're admitting this you know there's a lot more uh, at the end of this story so apparently they used uh, information from a british think tank uh, claiming that the ukraine's uh, military uh, was was hacked by the russians and they lost tanks and it cost lives and this is the same uh, vi- software viral malware whatever that was used uh, in the supposedly in, in the i guess the dnc uh, hack and they said that Fancy Bear uh, and Agent X malware was used to attack the Democrats and the Ukrainian military. Now, it turns out this was a lie. Okay, so where did this lie come from? CrowdStrike's co-founder, his name is Dmitry Alpovarich. Dmitry Alpovarich. Who is this guy? He's the CEO of this private firm, CrowdStrike. That's the FBI and the government's go-to person for the Russian hack. Uh, evaluation. This guy is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. That's NATO, essentially. So he's definitely against Putin. So he's already got, and he's 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 on the books with the Atlantic Council, which is pretty much NATO's think tank. Okay, and CrowdStrike's employed by the FBI. You can't make this up. This just came out yesterday, and so 
apparently this was made up. And this guy was bragging in the Washington Post. I'll quote him from December 22nd. Al Poverich said, the fact that they were tracking and helping the Russian military kill Ukrainian army personnel in eastern Ukraine and also intervening in the U.S. elections is quite chilling. You hear that all the time, quite chilling. Uh, so this is, a, this is a canned quote. It's probably sanitized by some PR agency in New York, who knows, or London. And uh, that was what this guy was putting out uh, in the media. So, and this is, this is CrowdStrike, ladies and gentlemen. And they also claim that the, the, the hacks fingerprints from Agent X, from Cozy Bear or Fancy Bear, whichever bear it was, ask Diane Feinstein, she'll tell you. Apparently, this is all a lie. So there you go. I've just given you the entire FBI intelligence assessment case, which relied on one firm crowd strike, totally discredited. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, it was a hoax. And are you going to hear that from the hearings on Capitol Hill? I certainly doubt it. What they're going to do is keep eating through taxpayer money to investigate something that simply did not happen. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what goes on in Washington this week and, as usual, practice, unfortunately. But, uh, listen, I want to appreciate uh, our guest, John McAfee. Fantastic segment. And also, I want to thank everybody at Alternate Current Radio. Uh, and next week will be the last show of Patrick Henningsen Live. Uh, we've had to make some other arrangements, uh, some sketch schedule changes and other things meant that the next week will be our last episode of this show on independent talk 1100 kfnx i want to thank everybody who's been listening uh, since we started last year and uh, we'll be back hopefully with something special next week so take care everybody i'm your host patrick henningson all the best for tuning in to Patrick Henningsen Live. Until next week, visit 21stCenturyWire.com. I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington? Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com.